started with, with Jesus going off to pray by himself up on a mountain, uh, mountainside, and his disciples found him. This week, I want to take you to a different location, quite near, but a different location. Jesus and, and, and his disciples are looking for some space, some peace, some quiet. So they sneak off to the lakeside. And they're down by the lakeside when people start coming from everywhere, thousands of them. In fact, there were so many people, it says that Jesus had to, to get into a boat and just go a little bit away from the shore so he could teach. And he taught them in parables. You ever wondered, why did Jesus speak in parables? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Why, why teach in parables? Is it a, a good way of teaching? Is it a clever way of teaching? I mean, I like telling stories, but stories and parables are slightly different. Parables are more, there's a meaning behind it, and sometimes you've got to go digging for that. You know why Jesus taught in parables? His disciples asked that same question on that beach after the people left. They came up and go, why do you teach in parables? And Jesus said, really simply, he went, because I don't want people to understand about the kingdom of God. Why do you speak in parables? So they don't get it. I want you to get it, but I don't want them to get it. They're not ready for it, but you are. That's why I teach in parables. And I think, wow, he taught so people didn't understand. But he was a great teacher, wasn't he? I mean, Jesus was a fantastic teacher. So, so some of the things he says, even now, I just go, wow. I mean, the whole Sermon on the Mount thing was fantastic. You know what I mean, you are the salt of the earth. If the, if, if the salt loses its saltiness, it's, it's good for nothing. Or love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Which must have been really hard-hitting when you're living in a country like Israel back then, when it's been overlorded by the Romans who were ruthless. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Can anyone, any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Look. Look at the, the lilies in the field. Look at birds in the air. Do not judge, or you will be judged. He was a, a fantastic teacher. And he, he, at the end of the sermon, of the Sermon on the Mount, he told a parable that people got. He said, he said this, he says, um, he says, anyone who hears my words and puts them into action is like a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Anyone who hears it and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Anyone who doesn't, anyone who hears it and goes, okay, and just goes home and puts the 
the kettle on and has a, has a meal and forgets all about it. He's, he's, he's a bit like a, a, an Egypt, a foolish man. It's all about putting it into practice. And so we're looking at four practices uh, at, this, at this time. We're going to do four more a bit later on in the year. We're looking at prayer, Sabbath, solitude, and fasting. So we're going to have a look at, uh, as you say, at, at Sabbath today. You know, when I first started in, uh, to go out and preach and teach, um, when I left college, I went to a little church. I'd been invited to a little church in Lancashire. And they'd asked me to come and to speak in the morning and then to speak in the evening. So I thought, oh, this will be good. So off I went, spoke in the morning. It was really, really nice. And then I went back with this couple to have a, a meal with them. And then I'd stay with them till the evening service. These people were very interesting. Because after that meal, we sat down. And I said, oh, so what are we doing now? And they said, we're just um, resting Okay, I can do about 10 minutes of that sort of stuff. <laughs> then I went, oh, we couldn't have switched the TV on because the football's on. They went, no, we don't, it's a Sabbath day. We don't put the TV on. I'm like, oh, um, is there anything else we could do? <laughs> they went, no, just rest. I was like, add this to the evening service. It was the longest afternoon ever. I remember getting to evening service thinking, oh, why are people so weird? <laughs> Sometimes we can be a bit like that, can we? We can... I, I'm sure for them it was great, but for me, I just thought, if this is what Sabbath is about, then this is rather dull and not really exciting, and not how I see it. Then a few years ago, I got invited to speak at a conference. Um, the conference was, was in Hereford. We were, we were in Worcester, so it's only about an hour away, but it's, it's a fussy trying to get up and get there on time. So one of the, the people who lived in, in, in thing invited us over. Come and stay, she said. So me and, and another friend went to stay with them. And when we got there, she practiced Sabbath. And I thought, oh, I've seen that. I was at this uh, church in Blackberry in Lancashire. She went, no, no. She said, it's a bit different. So when we went in, she goes, the first thing you ought to do, she says, is take out your phone. I was like, okay. She says, and just drop it in this basket. We're not having any phones uh, for, 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 the, for, for the evening. I went, well, weird, but yeah, let's do it. Um, and, and then we sat down, and they, they did this thing where they lit candles, and they prayed and invited the Holy Spirit into that time. And I thought, oh, I'm liking this. This is a bit more active than sleeping in an afternoon. And, and then she says, oh, she says, it's now time for the meal. And, and she got the kids, and we're all gathered around this table. And it was the youngest child's choice of what we ate that day. And, and, and he looked and said, well, what would you like? And he looked, and he, he had all these menus on the table, and he went, we're going to have Chinese food. And I was like, yes, they're not even cooking. It's from the takeaway shop. Uh, and we ate together and we played games. And, uh, and then he did this thing where um, they complimented one another. And, and they just made this one day so special. Unfortunately, the next morning I had to get up and, and go off to speak at a conference. But uh, that one evening, I thought that is a little taste 
of what Sabbath could be like. Making it the best day of the week. Making it a day where you rest, but also a day where you enjoy God. Where God is part of what you're doing. I want to have a a day like that. Jesus and his disciples were one day walking, and they're walking across a field, and in that field is grain. And it says that one of his disciples, they're all hungry, so they start to pick their heads of grain. And, and as they picked it, some of the religious leaders were watching. And they said, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's breaking, breaking the, the rules. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, it is stealing, but it's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about is breaking Sabbath rules because that is classed as work. Because what they had to do to separate the, the grain from the, the chaff or whatever is you rub it in your hands, and then you can pick out the bits you want and eat it. But that was classed as work. Well, some people thought that. Other people thought if you use the fingertips and pick it out, then that's not work. That's just picking. The people had so many rules trying to keep the rules and not breaking the Sabbath that they lost the whole plot of what Sabbath was about. They made it into something that it wasn't. And so it came to the point where where Jesus says, look, look, I am Lord of the Sabbath. So there's a balance that we need to get from one making it's so, so legalistic, boring. Or the other way is, 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 um, is, is making it like you, it doesn't even, it's not special at all. Remember that campaign, Keep Sunday Special? After that couple in, in Lancashire, I was almost going for the other side. But after meeting this family and seeing what you could do with Sabbath, I thought, yeah. I want, to have, I want to have a space where, where God can um, speak and move in my life. Anyway, if you've got a Bible, we're going to look together in, um, in, in two places. We'll skip. There we go. Genesis 2, it says, By the seventh day... God had finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So God had made the world in in, in six days. On the seventh day, he put his feet up and rested. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the, the work of creating that he had done. Interesting, isn't it? On that day, he didn't make anything else holy. He didn't say, oh, the sun, we're going to make that holy, or the stars, or, or the mountains, or the sea, or, or, or some of the animals that he created. I don't know, he could have said, the dog, such a great invention. We're going to make the dog holy. No, he, the cat. He wouldn't have said that, because I'm not even sure he made cats. Um, uh, or, or anything. He didn't even say it about people. What he said was about the day. I'm going to make the, the day holy. You know that word holy? It's kadosh. 
You say that with me? Kadosh. That's a great word, isn't it? We don't say kadosh. I don't ever say it at all, actually. But, but, but it, it's, it's to make something special, to, sep- to separate it out, to say this is, is, is something. And, and you can do it in, in weird ways. Um, anyone from up north? Oh. You're from, of course you're from Leeds, way, aren't you? Hartypool. Oh, yeah. Oldham. Oh. I, I, I was up north once. I lived in Cumbria. It's as north as you can get before you get to the blessed land. You know what I mean? The promised land. I, I was up there, and I went in to see this, 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 uh, this family, and they had two lounges. I was like, oh, how posh. Posh, this place. And, uh, and, and so they took me into one lounge, and I could see through the glass door the other lounge. And I went, you ever use that? He went, no. Mom keeps that room for special occasions. That's like, what? She goes, when people die. Well, well, weird. Do you have a... No. So they had this, this room that they would only go on very special occasions, and the family had been basically barred from this room unless something really special happened. What about this? Has anyone got any special china that only comes out on the special occasions that's like never? <laughs> yeah? Uh, or, or, or special clothes. You ever, ever have the, 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 the special clothes? I used, I used to hate it. I had a special clothes when I was a kid, and you only ever wore them to funerals. I never went to really any weddings, but yeah. So it's the things that are set apart. God set apart a day. He made it holy, special, but not so that we don't touch it, but so we can delight in it, we can enjoy it, enjoy him. God made other things holy. He made the ground holy. Remember when, uh, when Moses uh, went to meet him and, 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 uh, and he was in the, that bush that was burning, he turned up and he says, oh Moses, uh, take off your sandals because the ground where you stand is holy. That wasn't very special. It was just a piece of dirt in, in a desert. But because God was there, it became somewhere special. I like special days. It's like birthdays, isn't it? Um, where is Zoe? Is Zoe still in the room? She got off with the kid. Zoe, uh, on, on Thursday, uh, you, you know, you're valuable every day. Not just on that, but, but on Thursday, that was a day where everyone celebrated you. It's good. I, I, I quite like birthdays. Uh, 19th of September. That's a special day, isn't it, Rachel? You know what the 19th of, of, of September is? No, no. It's, no, it's beat like a pirate day. Oh, and it's your birthday as well. I always get torn. <laughs> Special day. It is a speak like a pirate day. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a birthday. It's the way we celebrate someone um, or, or, or an anniversary. Uh, thankfully, my, my anniversary is um, the day after my birthday, so I've got no excuse of not to remember. Um, that's true. <laughs> These can be can be special, set apart. But, but God wanted us to set, 
to separate, to have one day where we can celebrate and be with him. So Sabbath is holy. It was set apart by God, made something special. Anyone know who this amazing Scotsman is? <laughs> yeah, it's Eric Little. Uh, he, he made it to the Olympics in 1924. How exciting that would have been for that man to get there, to have that opportunity to represent his country. Um, and he gets there, and, and the heats for, for the race that he was entering, which was 100 meters, the heats took place on a Sunday. Now, Eric was a very, a very uh, godly man, and he said, well, I ain't going to run because it's on the Sabbath, and... I'm not running on the Sabbath. And there was a big fuss about it all. But he stuck to his guns and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Therefore, he missed that opportunity to run in 100 meters. You've got to think of all the training that man had been doing. All the training. Year after year, getting ready. At the point of his career, at the Olympics, and he says, no, I ain't doing it. Because it would break... Sabbath. The amazing thing is about this guy is he got a chance to go in for another race, not one he trained for, what one he'd, he'd prepped for, but he ran in the 400 meters race. I don't, I don't know if you know anything about running, but 100 meters and 400 meters is different animals. It's a different way of running completely. In the 100, you go as fast as you can. In the, in the 400, it's slightly different. I used to be a sprinter. You can tell by my shape. <laughs> It's true, when I was at school, I used to run 100 meters. One day when I was at school, our coach came to us and said, so the guy who's running 200 is pulled up. Would you run in the 200 to represent the school? I went, no, of course I will. So I got in that race there as, as a <clears throat> went. I was first round that bend. You know why I was first round that bend in the 200 meters? Because I used to run the 100. And when I got to that bend and got past the 100 mark, I stopped because I could not run any further. <laughs> As far as I could go. But imagine doing that in a 400 meter. This is what this guy did. He got out, he ran 400 meters, and he won the gold. That's what makes this story amazing. Lots of things about him I like. I like the fact that he, he, he was godly. I like the fact that he stuck to his guns. But remember, it's not about being legalistic. It's about enjoying God. So I'm not saying to you this morning, don't run on the Sabbath. Don't garden. I'm saying guard. Make sure that what you do is different. Honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a time for rest because that's what God did. He rested on the seventh day. We were built... Okay, if you ever need this, teenagers should, should really should, should get them in. And they are in, aren't they? Yeah. We are built to rest. Okay? That, that, when God built us, He built us so that we needed to rest. So when, when, if you're resting and your mom comes up and goes, Can you get your room done? You just go, Eh, I'm built this way. That's how God wanted me to be. We are, we are built to rest. In fact, e- even the way that, that we, we, we came about, we were the last thing made, weren't we? 
uh, when creation came about, he made men on the sixth day. What's the start? The next day is a day off. You know, it's just like, winner, winner. <laughs> we rest and we what? It's the same as the thing. When God made, made the days, he, he does it different to us, where the day starts in the evening. So in the evening you rest, and then you start the next day. From rest to work. We're made to rest. When we don't rest, then we don't do things that's right. The Israelites went into a period for 400 years where they were in Egypt and they were slaves. Where they worked every day. Where there was no day off. No time to relax. In fact, uh, if you even go, go to the chapter, it's like every chapter, every bit in the, the thing, it just talks about how horrendous it was. Uh, verse 5, it says this. This is uh, Exodus 5. It says, And if you look at the people of the land, how numerous they are, and you're stopping them from working. The same day, the Pharaoh gave orders to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You're no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks before. Don't reduce their quota. They are lazy. That is why they're crying out. Let's, let's go and sacrifice to, to God. Make them work harder for the people that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. Then the slave drivers and overseers went out and said to the people, this is what the Pharaoh says, I will give you no more straw. It's just like you've got to work, 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 work. Work. No time to think. Just work. Get on. Get it done. Get done. Get it done. 400 years. You imagine how, how, how it must have felt. Some people grew up and that's all they knew. They had to work every day, every day, every day. And it got harder and harder and harder. And then one day God turns up and he leads his people out from Egypt. And he takes them across the Red Seas. And, and there he takes Moses up into the mountainside. And there he teaches Moses, we're going to have ten new rules. And one of those rules of the ten was this. Have a day off. Take time. Observe the Sabbath. You were made this way. I don't know about you, but life can feel like that, can it? Any, any school teachers in? Once upon a time, then you'll know what that's like. Work, 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 work. It's like it's never ending. There's always things to be done. I don't know what, what it's like it for you at work, that it could be so exhausting that actually... Even to think of having a complete day with not working, it's in your mind thinking, can I do this? You're built to rest. It's important you rest. It's important for you to get it into your mind. You're not a slave. That's what he kept having to tell these, these people who grew up in, in Egypt. You're not slaves anymore. You're children. You belong to me. You can have a, you can have a day off. Take time. Relax. We need to learn to rest. And Sabbath gives us that rest. We need to remember who we are. 
Sabbath gives us that time. How often do you switch your phones off for the day? How often do you not put the TV on for the day? How often are you just still and to rest? Jesus said this. He said, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Then come to me. Get away with me and, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how, how, how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's important for us as people to learn to rest. The other thing about, about, about Sabbath is it's, Sabbath is a time for God. It's a time for us just to enjoy God. It's making sure that we have space in our busy lives for us just to enjoy it. I love that picture that we get in, in the garden at the start where it says that in the evening God would walk in the gardens with his people. God wants to enjoy us and he wants us to enjoy him but if we have no space for that if we're just so busy if we just don't go into it then we miss out in that whole thing I, I want you to to realize how much you are loved by him and he just wants to spend time with you and that doesn't have to just be in this setting that could be as you're walking across the common checking out the the skies he makes I was out playing golf with Alistair uh, and Simon one day, and Alistair stopped me and went, look at that. How impressive is that? And we're looking at this amazing um, uh, sky, the sunset. And I turned to him and went, you know what? I know the guy who makes these. Sometimes we need to spend time with that guy. Sometimes it's that walk and to see what he's done. You know, God isn't forceful. He isn't going to kick in the doors of your life. He stands and he knocks and he wants us to open the door to him. And sometimes he whispers. And sometimes we need to be quiet enough to hear. So Sabbath, it's holy. God set it apart. Made it something special so we could enjoy it. Not so holy that we can't touch it. The idea is to be made special so that we can enjoy it. It's a time for rest, to relax. And it's a time to be with God. Let me pray. Father, I pray that we will set some time aside for you. Some time in our week, in our busy week. May we rest. May we know who you are, and may we enjoy your company. So bless us, I pray, in your name. Amen.